All right, welcome to another episode of FTU, Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez. Um, that's, again, my entrance music. That's Turbocharged. That's the Stinger's uh, entrance music. Um, it gets a little bit longer because, honestly, every time I play it, I just want to hear the whole thing, but it, it'll go on for about three and a half minutes. So it's anywhere between 20 and 30 seconds. Um, today, I'm lucky to be joined by my friend, uh, Chris. Chris and I served together um, back in 2014 to about 2015-ish, somewhere around 13 to 15. Uh, yeah, 2017 is when I, I left, so yeah, yeah ballpark-ish yeah. around there. Had good times in Peru. Um, we did. Got to eat a lot of uh, pechuga and uh, a lot of uh, chicken and a lot of french fries. Yes. Um, so, Chris, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah. Um, so, like Tony said, uh, my name's Chris. I was in the Army for 21 and a half years. Um, I retired roughly three years ago. I spent my first mm, probably 12, 13 years-ish uh, as a combat engineer, as a 12 Bravo. I did five deployments as 12 Bravo to all the fun spots, you know, Kosovo, Afghanistan, Iraq, all that. And then when I switched over to civil affairs, that's when I met Tony. I did three more deployments uh, as a CA guy, um, two down to South America. My last one, I went up to 10th Mountain Division headquarters. I was the Division G9 NCOIC, so I was the CG's Senior Enlisted Advisor on all things civil military operations. Uh, it was actually a great gig. Um, went to Baghdad. On that uh, was the senior enlisted dude advising um, General Funk, who's now the TRADOC commander, uh, on a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, yeah, retired in 2019. I was lucky enough to land a really good job. Um, I am currently instructor for the National Guard, and that is as vague as it sounds because we cover down on whatever they need to learn about, right? Whatever, like, one thing I learned, um, having been active duty my whole career, I never realized with the National Guard, after all the jokes I made for a couple decades, time for them is such a premium and it is so limited in what they can squeeze in over the course of two days. And, you know, they only get paid for those two days. So if you want to do a class on pick a subject and you want to throw it to staff sergeant, whoever, he's going to have to put it together on his off time between his regular job, his family and whatnot. Or they can throw it at us. We put it together. Um, everything, like all our travel, all our per DMT or whatever, it's all paid at the National Guard Bureau level. So at the Pentagon level. So we can come on out and we can run lanes, teach them classes on whatever, uh, and make sure they're good to go. And that's, you know, we do pre-deployment um, training uh, for wherever they're going, depending on the COCOM, whether it's Africa, Europe, you know, Asia, whatever it may be. Make sure we hit all those lanes, training, whatever it is they need. Um, or, you know, if they just don't want to, they just want a, a class on, I don't know, pick, pick something silly to kill a weekend. We'll come out and we'll teach that. Uh, it's, it's, it's great, man. Like, you know, between my, 
my combat engineer stuff and all the deployments I did, I went through, you know, all the, all the classes, you know, two weeks on this, a month on that to learn how to blow this up and recognize this and reduce that and long range marksman. So I can drop targets at 900 meters and, you know, all the whatever's. Um, So being able to apply that for where it's applicable, is great. But doing the CA stuff, and when you're starting to talk about, like, the guys that are going to Africa or in the Ukraine right now, not – we're sending guys specifically in Ukraine. I'm just using that as an example. Being able to sprinkle some unconventional warfare doctrine on them about, you know, the guerrilla force and, and the percentage of that in relation to, you know, everything that's below them, not to go too deep into doctrine or talk about stuff I shouldn't talk about. Uh, it's It's cool, and it just, you know – opens up their minds and a lot of them have never heard anything like that before. So it's, uh, it's really cool. Like I said, weird. I got a, a really strange crap bag of tricks. So finding a, a job where I can actually apply all of it is, is really cool. No, that's great. Um, so I don't know if you, uh, so this past weekend I had a, a run in with the old Sergeant major from the 82nd who, you know, it's been like, think about 14, 15 years since he retired, still can't let it go. Right. Like he still thinks he's a sergeant major mm-hmm. still talks the same way with his teeth clenched and talks through his teeth and I told him about this podcast. And he's, you know, asking me, well, not explain it to me, Rodriguez. It's like, well, I don't really have to explain anything to you. You're crazy. Cause you're not a sergeant major and I'm not a specialist anymore. So, no, I no, and so from that I was talking about like mil- some classes or schools that we go to in the military. That for me, uh, when I was looking for a job, uh, really didn't apply. Like uh, you know, going to SEER school really didn't help me in the job job hunt, you know, in job search. But to hear yeah. that you're able to use um, that training from unconventional warfare in your job is is great um, because. I don't know too many people that went to um, that school. What was it about a month, month long? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, what was your school like? Three weeks or whatever. Yeah, something. Like well, that. no, not like I remember. You went to an actual like course, like an unconventional warfare. Oh, course. that one. Yeah, that yeah. was that was seven seven and a half weeks. Unconventional yeah, uh, warfare operational design. Yeah. So I don't know if you if you um, use that at all, but maybe just the concepts or ideas. It, it, yeah. So with that, it's it's more the concepts. Um, you know, talking to you gotta understand your audience, right? So like like yeah. a nineteen year old PFC eleven Bravo trying to drop, yeah. hey, this is how you can you know, raise a guerrilla force inside of a country and the you know, the seven the six yeah. six phases of unfinished warfare, like the whole thing, like it's it's too much. But understanding a couple concepts and knowing where you can apply that when you're talking about like IEDs, right? Like, why why do they use them? Why are they placed the way how they are? Let's talk about the supply lines, all this and that. Oof. Excuse me. And then it becomes um, applicable. But yeah, it's just it's like the a course like that, it's just, it's too much to try to, you know, squeeze it down into yeah. something that's going to, you know, be in like whatever, a three hour class. Cause like I said, time, time is such a premium with these guys. You just don't have, you're never going to get seven weeks with them. So 
cherry pick the yeah, good no, stuff, dropping it where you can. Definitely. So today I had to give a class on uh, culture, right? Um, for people who are going through language refresher training. Um, part of that, that training is that they're required to get two hours on culture, right? Well, I have had 20 people in there and 10 different languages. Uh, so how am I supposed to give yeah. 10 different classes on culture, right? So I didn't. I had to like come up with a different concept. So I did, and I applied it. Um, how is how does China use their influence and their culture to, um, you know, get at their initiatives and reach their goals? Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you know, the younger people in there. Um, this one kid, I loved him. I call on him a couple of times, and I start I start the the class with, "Hey, it's just people. We're having a discussion. We're not setting policy in here. We're just talking. That's it. You know, so." Slow stress. If you say yeah. something and it's ridiculous, it's not going to be held against you. It'll stay in here. <laughs> so I asked this kid, hey, so what do you think? He's like, uh, I'm not going to lie. I zoned out and I, I haven't heard the past 10 minutes of, of your class. <laughs> <laughs> Which was awesome because you know what? That That's great. At least you were honest enough to say or you felt comfortable enough to say, like, I, I wasn't paying attention yeah. as opposed to just lying. Because uh, I had some salty E7s in there, you know, like I was, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you weren't well, totally salty. Well, yeah, but like these these guys were, <laughs> they were salty. Yeah. But they came around. They saw like, hey, I'm look, I'm just trying to give you a class. I'm not trying to tell you that I'm smarter than I am. And so it was good to see them pass on their knowledge to some of the younger guys. Because um, I only have two hours with these people. And so it was good to... At least just, I don't know, be a facilitator or just yep. get these guys, like, kickstarting them. Like, hey, buddy, like, help these guys out because they're struggling. Yeah. They're not even struggling. Yeah. They just don't know. They just don't know. They don't. And, you you know, in a situation like that, you got to understand your audience and who you're talking to. And, you know, your average, like, like I said, 19-year-old PFC, when you start talking about, you know, policy and the national strategic strategy and it just it's too and like it's it's too much you just gotta you know understand who you're who you're chatting with but uh yeah man it was um yeah i like i said i got i got lucky with it with the landing the the job i did it was um you know i uh my wife helped me write my resume that's you know so for the people that are listening that are transitioning or you're about to, or you're thinking about it, like you're, you're on that kind of like, you know, line, um, get as many people as you can look at your resume. Cause you may think you wrote the most amazing thing ever. And it's crap. Cause that's what happened to me. <laughs> I thought I topped, I typed out like, you know, I made my military career, like the Lord of the Rings or war and peace or whatever. And my wife who worked in, you know, HR at the corporate level for many, many, many years, looked at it and she was like, are you serious? This is actually what you think is going to work. I'm like, yeah, like it, it's amazing. She wrote the entire thing from top to bottom. So, <laughs> um, and even after that, I still passed it around to, you know, other people let them look at it. So, um, if you, you know, it's twenty, you know, all the time you spend in the military, whatever branch may be like, we all speak the same language, but people outside of us don't. So, trying to 
capture what you did in a way that's understandable and also depending on what you did in a way that isn't breaking clearances and whatever else it can be you know it's a little tricky so yeah no definitely um like i said i was you know in my opinion uh job hunting or transitioning out some of it is you know, preparing for life after the military, uh, networking, and some of it's just a little bit of luck, you know? It is, yeah. Yeah. And I'm also like, so, you know, I, I, I work for Booz Allen Hamilton. That's the company I work for. <laughs> and there's been a couple guys that I know through, you know, the 95th or, you know, when I was my last job at, at 10th Mountain Division headquarters. I've recommended people for positions within the company, and they, they've gotten hired. That's one thing when you're transitioning for whoever's listening to this that may be, you know, people in spots that have been hired by other companies, lean on them, reach out to them. Because like with Booz Allen Hamilton, you can, as, as an employee of the company, I can recommend people after you already apply for it, but this is a great fit. It doesn't put you to the top of the list, like hiring wise, but it does put you to the top of the list ish for being interviewed. So even if they weren't even thinking about you, if I'm like, hey, this is the dude, like at least give them 10 minutes of your time, they will give you those 10 minutes and they will talk to you. So there's a good chance you know someone somewhere in some sort of position that can back you up, refer you, you know, whatever, and uh, lean on it, man. Like lean on it. Like, you know, all the, all the years you spend doing this, you build an amazing network of people. And I have... I can't even explain to you the amount of people that I have worked with in the past who I stopped talking to, lost touch with, whatever, that after I started working in this job and seeing their names come up on emails or conference calls or whatever, I'm like, oh, my God, you work here too? Including, like, uh, one of the guys was my first sergeant when I was in Korea 22 years ago. I had to check the year there on my computer real fast. Like, I'm on a, I'm on a call, and he hops on, and he starts talking, and I was like, um, hey, any chance you were the first heart for Bravo Company 44th Engineer Battalion like 20 years ago? He's like, yeah, who's this? I was like, and I said my name. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 you were in first platoon. Yeah, you're one of my guys. And it just, there's, it's, it's amazing who's out there and the people you can reconnect with. So as you're transitioning, lean on people, you know, and also like, you know, lean on the VFW because they have hiring programs and the American Legion and excuse me, the VA, like there's all, there's a lot of organizations that have programs to help people as they're, you know, transitioning to make it as smooth as possible. Yeah. So, uh, I applied to Booz Allen Hamilton, uh, a few jobs out here. I think it was like three. And uh, one I got, um, there were program management positions. Mm-hmm. I got like the first level of interviews, I guess, by the recruiter. And then uh, that's about as far as I got. And, you know, that was fine. Um, yeah. Uh, but again, I was knucklehead I, and I went in by myself. I didn't want it. I didn't want the military getting any credit for my success after the military. Well, you gotta, at least for me, what I found is you gotta, 
So this, I mean, this is just me, right? So there's a separate... Chris. It's okay. You can you can totally say that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, no, no. I don't, no, rec- I don't recommend saying, people like, okay. my lead. No, no, that no, was a me. horrible idea I had. <laughs> Going back to that sergeant major, you you said you bumped into the other day, yeah. and he was still like fourteen years later, and and just can't let it go. There's there's a line, right? Like when you're when you're, and, and this is how I guess it worked for me. There's that transition point, right? So like who you were when I was, you know, in was that guy. But I, I had all these experiences and all these schools and did all these things, which was awesome. But I, I like the rank's gone. I'm no longer that person, but I'm still me. And I can, I can rely on that experience and use it to move forward and do something else. But if I'm going to, if I like, you know, I'm not going to introduce myself with my, you know, hey, I'm, I was this rank retired, you know, it, that, that's just silly, which sounds like what that Sergeant Major that you ran into is still kind of doing. It ends. It ends. You know, so that that piece of it where especially like a guy like that, so you're a Sergeant Major, like you're expecting you know, your own parking spot and people are going to like, it's Moses walking in, you know, part in the Red Sea, everyone's going to see you and you'd be like, Oh my God, it's a Sergeant Major and, and like spread apart. That all ends, that all ends. But all the experiences and all the things that you did, that's still a good thing. You can use that. But if you want to carry over ego and rank and this is who I am, because you know, whether it's a Sergeant Major, I'm a retired Colonel or whatever. It just, that's where it's an issue, but take, you know, take that goodness, that good stuff, you know, all the awesome things you did learn how to translate it into civilian and use it, man. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And you know, I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that either because uh, what's that company? Is it, is it khaki or CACI? I I forget. I forget how it's anyway. It's, it's like Booz Allen Hamilton. It's another, um, contracting uh, yeah. company, right? And they're pretty big here on Fort Bragg. Uh, the recruiter, right, he came on, and when I was going through the Onward to Opportunity program, he came on and he introduced himself as Major General Retired, so-and-so, right? Mm. Yeah. But he was very friendly and very helpful and provided everybody with his email and his cell phone number. Now, I don't know if that was his business cell phone or his personal, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um and just letting us know, hey, if you apply for a position, let me know immediately so then I could vouch for you and I could at least try to get you in so you can get an interview. And he also re- offered to um, look over our resumes um, That's before cool. we submitted them. So right on, man. that one sergeant major is he might be a one off. I don't know. And I just use him as an example because like, guy, like, let it go. This no, guy, man, this I was just. This other recruiter is still introducing himself as his rank, but he 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 let it go enough. As I was as I was going through the retirement classes and everything, there were sergeant majors and lieutenant colonels that were like, "I have to leave, or there's a meeting I have to go to." And it's like, you're you are planning for the rest of your life. The yeah. army is one big machine. You are filling one slot in that big machine. And the second you leave, you are going to be replaced. That's how the system works. And that's why the system has been so successful is because everyone is replaceable. So for you to stop planning your retirement and the next piece of your life, 
because you need to go to a meeting is just stupid. And I mean, I, you know, it, like there's a point where you have to, you know, call it, be like, it was great. It was fun. It was good. And for me, you know, being in Baghdad and, uh, watching all the sec force security forces guys that were a bunch of, you know, 19 year olds from the third ACR and looking at, it, I was like, you know what, man, I can outshoot any of these guys. And I know I can, but if something was to kick off and people were coming through the gate and we actually had to move and like do anything, I can't keep up anymore. I can't keep up. And it's time to hang it on up. And I had a really good run. I had a great run and recognize that and be like, time, time and for the next okay. chapter. And it's okay. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't need to hang on to it. It was great, man. I had so much fun and met so many great people like you, you know, a lot of the other guys from Delta 98 that we were in, like so many great guys, man. Like so like awesome experiences going to some great places in the world and seeing things I never thought I was going to see being, you know, growing up in suburban New Jersey, like phenomenal. It was great. And that was that. And now it's on to the next thing. And that's, that's okay. That's okay. But one thing, you know, is your, and this is how it worked for me, at least, as you're kind of going. Hey everyone, this is uh, your host, Tony. Tony Rodriguez. Hey, I just want to let you know this is the end of the interview uh, of part one with Chris. And I'll have part two loaded up uh, here shortly. Again, I just want to break them up. um, So not taking up too much of your time. And so thank you for listening. And I'll have part two coming up here shortly. Zot, zot, zot. And roll tide.